Hello and welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast, where each week, Pastor Jeff Cranston explores biblical theology that provides practical life applications in an understandable way. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to Kitchen Table Theology. I'm your host, Tiffany Coker, along with my dad, Pastor Jeff Cranston. We are seeking not only to help you know deep, solid biblical theology, but to know the Word of God and the promises of God that are given to us in His Word, all while holding to solid theological truths in your heart, soul, and mind. Well, Kitchen Table Theologian, if you are listening along live with us, Christmas is almost here. We are so excited. We will take a couple of weeks off, so this will be our last episode for 2023. Hard to believe. We'll be back the first week of January, and we'll continue with our Bible Overview series. Dad, let's go ahead and get started with today's episode. I hope you're doing well. What Old Testament book are we looking at today? Yeah, well, hello again, Kitchen Table Theologians. And as Tiff said, thanks for joining us on our 179th podcast. How could it be that many already? That's great. Anyhow, today we're going to look into the Old Testament book of 2 Chronicles. So to begin, Tiff, let me ask you, if you could have anything you wished from God what would you ask for? If you could have anything you wished from God, what would you ask for? That's a tough one. Right about now, I'd wish for more hours in the day. (laughs) There's always so much to be done. So many things I want to do, all the things we getting ready for Christmas. I always need more sleep. So maybe more hours in the day would be good. But also if we're going to, you want a more serious answer, I might would ask for answers to all of our parenting questions. (laughs) We have a lot going on with our three kids right now. A middle school daughter, two boys, 10 and nine, who always keep me on my toes. So I have lots of questions. Some days I don't know how to handle all that. You, I think you I were having to know those answers. <laughs> you, you were having a parenting deal immediately before hitting the record button on the podcast today. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, those are great answers. <laughs> yeah, the great answers. And some people would likely wish for some fabulous wealth. I mean, I can hear people asking God for that, or maybe perfect health for you and your loved ones. I'm sure somebody out there would ask for eternal youth, although why you would want that, I I don't know. But (laughs) kitchen table theologian, how about you? If you could have anything you wished from God, what would you ask for? It really is amazing to think about, but maybe more amazing is that God made such an offer to King Solomon. And he chose none of the things we've just mentioned. What he asked for was wisdom and knowledge, but that wasn't all. He asked for wisdom and knowledge in order to complete the task God had assigned him to do and that he would do it well. So the lesson for us is that God has given, I think each of us, if you're a believer, God's given each believer a commission to fulfill. And the greatest blessing we can ask from God is the ability to carry out his will for our lives. And the reason we're starting out this way on today's podcast is because Solomon plays a prominent role in this book of Second Chronicles. Dad, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Second Chronicles is maybe one of the least known books of the Old Testament. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah, I think I would. But unfortunately, it's not alone in that category. I think much of the Old Testament is unknown to a lot of Christians, and that's one of the reasons that we're walking through every book of the Bible in this particularly lengthy season 
of kitchen table <laughs> theology, but I, I, we think it's, it's well worth it. Agreed. Since we all agree here that maybe few of us know much about this book, let's maybe refresh ourselves on who wrote it. Well, the good news is we've already answered this with our podcast from 1 Corinthians. So Kitchen Table Theologian, if you'll recall, we found out that the author is unknown, but he's often referred to as the chronicler, the chronicler. And we, oh, yes. We mentioned it sounds like That's a right. superhero name, right? I the, like that name. Yeah. First and Second Corinthians were originally one book, but it, a lot of Bible scholars believe First and Second Corinthians, especially these books. Chron- Chronicles. What did I say? Corinthians. Corinthians. Uh, they both begin with a C. <laughs> yes. First and Second Chronicles is pro- they're, Chronicles. A lot of people think that they're more compiled, but we can, by deductive reasoning, come up with the fact that it was compiled or or written by a Jewish scholar. And we also know the scholar utilized material from many historical resources to chronicle the history of the Jewish people. This person is not named and remains unknown, but Kitchen Table Theologian, you may remember from a couple of podcasts ago, Ezra has often been cited as a possible candidate on being the person who did this. So whoever the chronicler was, he utilized official and unofficial documents to write this historical count. So as noted earlier, Second Chronicles originally was joined with First Chronicles in one book, and they were separated into two books around 200 BC when the Septuagint, and we've We've talked before about the Septuagint. That's mm-hmm. the Greek version of the Old Testament. That's when these books, Kings, Chronicles, Samuel, were broken into First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, First and Second Samuel. When when it, that came about, when the Septuagint was translated. Okay, can you remind us? Because it's been a few weeks, and I know our brains are full of so many other things we may have forgotten. Remind us about the time that this book was written or compiled, as you said, and maybe. Give us a little bit of insight onto why it was written as well. Just review for us. Yeah, sure. Second Chronicles was likely written or compiled between 450 and 425 BC. So roughly 425 to 450 years before Christ. First and Second Chronicles cover mostly the same information as First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings. First and Second Chronicles, however, focus more on the priestly aspect of the time period. The book of Second Chronicles is essentially an evaluation of the nation's religious history. We talked about this before, but I think one question and its answer that really sort of helps us in understanding the context for all these books is to find out, and maybe you can help us with this, where are we in the timeline of biblical history? Yeah, good Bible students know that context is king. So Second Chronicles covers the time from Solomon's ascension to the throne, and we know that was at 971 BC. So Solomon ascends to the throne. So that's where Second Chronicles kind of begins until the southern kingdom of Judah was finally carried into exile in Babylon in 586 BC. The focus of the book is on Judah. Now, it's important for us to remember that Israel is now a divided kingdom. So Israel, with its 10 tribes, was to the north in the region, and that included Jerusalem. And then Judah, with its two tribes, 
was in the southern part of the region, south of Jerusalem. Can we pause right there for a second and sort of chase a little rabbit trail? Yeah. (laughs) You mentioned the 10 tribes of Israel. I think maybe some of us have heard them referred to as the 10 lost tribes of Israel. How does that fit into all of this? Sorry if I'm way off base here, but no, just it's curious. It's a it's a great question. So the tribes of Judah and Benjamin, they were the two tribes that made up what was called Judah, because Judah was the predominant tribe. So Judah and Benjamin comprised the southern kingdom because as they were in the region south of Jerusalem. And in time, they became the most powerful and most important tribe. So not only did Judah produce the great kings David and Solomon, but also it was prophesied that the Messiah would come from among its members. And interestingly, modern Jewish people trace their lineage to the tribes of Judah and Benjamin. The tribe of Benjamin was eventually absorbed by the tribe of Judah. So the Assyrians conquered the 10 northern tribes in 721 BC, which led... So here's what, here's what makes it the 10 lost tribes. When they were conquered by the Assyrians, the Babylonians were in there as well from time to time. All of that led to the partial dispersion of those 10 tribes and their gradual assimilation by other peoples. They began to marry within these other people groups, these other ethnicities. God always told them not to do it. They did it anyway. By doing all of that and that gradual but pretty significant assimilation into other ethnic groups, the 10 tribes lost their identities. And legends, therefore, refer to them as the 10 lost tribes of Israel. Well, now we know. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back to where we are. As we read Second Chronicles, we were, you were telling us about their, where we are in the timeline of biblical history. Okay, you're right. So again, we're in the mid-5th century BC, and it's following the return of a small group of Jews back to Judah following the fall of the Babylonian Empire. They had been taken captive by by the Babylonians, and they had been in Babylon. And who was left came back, and they were intent on rebuilding the temple and resettling the Holy Land, and they, they quickly found themselves in a struggle simply to survive. But the Jews eventually rebuilt the temple But they just kind of languished for many years in their fight to reclaim the land that had been given to them by God, but they had lost it. And against that backdrop, the chronicler portrayed Jewish history, focusing on the blessings God bestowed, though, when leaders were faithful to his law. So you you see that as you read the book. With all of that as background... What theological theme, maybe two themes, can we draw from the book of Second Chronicles? Yeah, I think I'll just draw on one aspect theologically, but, but it's a big one. Tiff, would you mind reading Solomon's prayer, just one verse, when he was dedicating the temple? Yes, sure. So when Solomon dedicated the temple, this is what he prayed. It's in Second Chronicles chapter 6, verse 18. But will God really dwell on earth with the humans? The heavens, even the highest heavens, cannot contain you. How much less this temple I have built. Okay, reading that, I know I said Second Chronicles is maybe one of the least known books of the Bible, but I feel like I have seen that verse before. I've read that 
that specific verse somewhere before. (laughs) Well, where you've seen that perhaps is on the cornerstone of one of our buildings here at Low Country Community Church in Bluffton, South Carolina. We chiseled the latter part of that verse into our cornerstone. The heavens, even the highest heavens cannot contain you, how much less this temple I have built. Well, we thought it appropriate to remind ourselves and everyone who reads it that while God is present with us, no matter what any of us can build with our hands, that nothing can contain God. I love that. So Kitchen Table Theologian, if you happen to be a local here, see if you can find that verse on the building at LCC next time you're there. (laughs) I do know where it is. I do remember that now. All right, let's get back to our theological theme. You said just one and it's a big one and you had us read the verse. So tell us, what is the theme? Well, it's about the temple. And you say, well, what kind of theological theme is the temple was a building, but it was more than that. The temple in Jerusalem was not like a container for God because God is omnipresent, which means he's always present everywhere. And Acts 17 tells us God does not live in temples built by human hands. But the temple is, has been and will again be extremely important in the life of Israel because God did reveal his presence there in some unique ways and his glory was visibly seen. We read about that in chapter 7. The same thing happened during the time of Moses with the tabernacle. And, and here's where we can draw something for, for our lives and where kind of the theological cookies are for us on the bottom shelf here. The, the temple in Jerusalem is not the only temple mentioned in the Bible. So the New Testament describes believers' bodies as temples of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians. The Apostle Paul did not mean that the Holy Spirit fills up the physical space inside our bodies, but rather that our bodies belong to him. He purchased us with the blood of Christ and empowers us by his Spirit. So God's ownership with with his children obligates us to use our bodies for God's glory. So our bodies are even referred to as a temple. Doesn't the New Testament also refer to and describe the church as God's temple? Yeah, it it does. All those in Ephesians 2, Paul's talking about all those who've been united to Christ in faith. He says this, are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. And there's the whole, the concept again there of the temple. So in this present church age in which we live, the glory of God is not revealed by means of smoke or fire or sacrifices in in one physical structure, in one place on earth, but rather through the transformed lives of individual believers who honor God with their bodies. And so the whole concept theologically of temple hugely important in the Old Testament, but it takes a turn in the New Testament to where God says, I'm not going to just show up in physical locations from time to time. I'm going to be within, I'm going to reside within every believer. Therefore, our bodies are called temples as well. So God, as people of God, we experience his presence when we come together as a church to worship and to hear the word of God. First Corinthians 14 tells us that. The truth that followers of Jesus are temples of the living God, that sanctifies our ordinary life. And so every ordinary act that you and I express in any given day, it's an opportunity to express our devotion to God and display the transforming power that 
that he has brought to our lives. Let me ask this. Why do you think the temple plays such an important role in the book of Second Chronicles specifically? Well, I think the temple is the central motif in Chronicles because of its relationship to worship. Virtually every section of First Chronicles and Second Chronicles, well, more Second Chronicles, but I, I think you just see this concept of the temple's relationship to worship all through Second Corinthians. For example, the first seven chapters out of the all 36 chapters are allotted to the construction of the temple. In chapter 13, the apostasy and destruction of the northern kingdom, they were, remember, overrun and taken by the Assyrians. That's ascribed to their abandonment of the temple. Like they just were not consistent in their worship and their sacrificial system. They just let things go. And then the evaluation of kings, positively or negatively, among Israel and Judah, is primarily on the basis of their faithfulness regarding the temple and proper worship. So it, it was really the center. Everything sort of centered around the temple and the temple life, and, and everything sort of emanated from that as far as the Jewish people were, were concerned. That's very interesting. As we wrap it up here today, what is something that we can take from Second Chronicles and apply it to our lives today? Yeah, I, I think I would just say that, as it did for the Israelites, history can jog our memories. So, kitchen table theologian, I would just ask in closing, can, can you remember times when God has blessed you, when God has been there for you, shown up for you, answered prayer for you, just surprisingly and wonderful ways shocked you by something he did in your life or for you? Those kind of memories are blessings in themselves, but they're not only that, they're also encouragements to press on in difficult times with hope and confidence. So you can look back on what God has done, which is what Second Chronicles is sort of doing. Let's look back and remind ourselves of what God has done, how faithful God has been, and that his past performance will also indicate his future performance. And we can find hope and confidence in that. Just one final thing, and this is separate from what I just said, just sort of an oh, by the way, and then we're, we're finished for today. In researching this, today's podcast, I ran across an article on the Gospel Coalition website written by Andrew Wilson. And he calls Second Chronicles, and this goes back to something you said at the top of the podcast, Tiff, he calls Second Chronicles the most underrated book in the Old Testament. Hmm. And here's what he writes. It is the acts of the Old Testament, the story of how God's house was established and filled with the Spirit, how his people prayed, worshiped, failed, repented, were captured by their enemies and ultimately set free, and how Gentiles came to worship God. And that article is a brief, wonderfully informative article regarding Second Corinthians, and we'll link that for you in the episode notes. And Kitchen Table Theologian, I would just really encourage you to take maybe three, four minutes that it will take you to read that. It's, it's excellent, and it will really help you get a, a handle on Second Chronicles, not Corinthians, Second Chronicles. <laughs> awesome. Well, I think that was some great background, some great history, <clears throat> and a few good reminders and applications that we can walk away with today. So thanks so much for listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Pastor Jeff. If you're enjoying the podcast, we would really appreciate it if you would take just a second to leave a rating and review. 
We really appreciate your help in getting the word out. You can check out today's episode notes. We will link that one article for you and more at jeffcranston.com. Also, the show notes are right below where you pushed play on the episode, so you can find that there. Email us anytime you ever have questions. Let us know. It is pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. As always, thanks are due to our friends at Lowcountry Community Church here in Bluffton, South Carolina, and at Streamline Podcast for making this podcast possible. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We will see you in 2024. And always remember that the real power of theology is not only knowing it, but applying it. Thanks for joining us at the table. Merry Christmas, everyone. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Pastor Jeff Cranston. Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, please check out our show notes. If you have a question from today's podcast, kindly email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's word to our lives. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.